Welcome to the Foresight Church Podcast. Enjoy this week's sermon. For more information about us, go to foresightchurch.co.za. So how do we prosper in the midst of chaos? I'm so glad you asked. It is said that three forces rule this world. Stupidity, greed, and fear. You would think that that quote came out of one of the tabloids from this week or possibly News 24. Headline, stupidity, greed, and fear. No, 70 years ago, in fact, in 1949, Albert Einstein wrote this in his book, The World as I See It. Now, friends, this is the world as we see it. It has gone crazy this week. I don't need to tell you about all the arson attacks, the fires, the vandalism, the destruction of property, the destruction of businesses. We have seen this firsthand. Before we continue, we're going to pray. Father, thank you that we can approach your throne of grace. Jesus, our friend, thank you that you're with us in our time of need. Holy Spirit, thank you for the comfort. For those who mourn, Lord, you comfort. I pray, Father, over the victims of all this uh, violence, this unnecessary looting and plundering, this anarchy. I pray for your restoration over each home, each life, each business in Jesus' name. We together, Father, come against the spirit of anarchy and rebellion on our country in Jesus' name. Rebellion is the the sin of witchcraft, the same thing, Lord, you are against it. Father, stop this thing in its tracks, we pray. Send your warring angels to wage war against the wicked, Father. Take captive their thoughts, bring them to the obedience of Christ, and may they get saved in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Open your word that we may hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we respond to this chaos. Number one, don't participate. Number two, don't reciprocate. And number three, prosper. Prosper? Prosper. Prosper. In the name of Jesus, prosper. We've been going through Genesis. Genesis 25 is Jacob and Esau, the delinquent sons, and the one who threw his inheritance away. Genesis 27 is Jacob and Esau, and how Jacob deceives Esau and takes his birthright, which he'd already given away. And in between is chapter 26. Don't you love God's in-betweens, his interjections, his interruptions? Do you know that most of Jesus' phenomenal miracles were interruptions. He was on his way somewhere when there was a need and he addressed that. I believe God is addressing a need in our country through the scripture right now. I believe this is a rhema word of God for South Africa right now. The interruptions, in fact, in Jesus' moments are, are where we find his best teaching to his disciples. In fact, the interruptions shouldn't be brackets and they shouldn't be subtitles or subscripts in the Bible. Actually, the interruptions, I think, should be exclamation marks and highlights. Genesis 26 
is one of those. Read with me. Now there was a famine in the land. The shelves were empty. Besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, famines are cyclical. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. In other words, don't flee. Live in the land. I tell you to live. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. I think it says, God has determined the exact times and places that all people should live so that all men might call out to him. You see, there's a reason why you live in South Africa at this time, at this place, and that is that people may turn to God. Unpleasant circumstances sometimes, but in, nevertheless, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. Now, who was Abraham? Abraham was a foreigner who colonized Israel because God told him to. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keep keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Okay, so he obeyed God as Abraham had obeyed God. And, and let's have a look what happened. Verse 12, Isaac planted crops in that land. And in one year, he reaped a hundredfold because God blessed him. <clears throat> Hold on. It's a famine, which means there's no rain. What do you do when there's no rain? You probably shouldn't plant crops. Remember, Abraham and Isaac were herdsmen. They had flocks and they had cattle. Isaac innovates. He plants crops. He doesn't do what he's always done. If you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. You've heard this many times. What does he do? In a time of famine, counterculture... Opposite thought, he does something innovative. He plants crops. Now, if you were with us, the last message in Genesis 25, smile, self-control, maintain, innovate, lift your eyes. E is eternity. Yes, exactly. Keep your eyes on eternity. Self-control, maintain, innovate, lift your eyes, eternity. Right, we're going to have a look how... Isaac applies these things and reaps the benefits. He innovates. He plants crops. God blesses him. The man became rich, verse 13, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He became rich and very wealthy in one year in the time of famine. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Opposition will come, my friend. If you start doing well, opposition will come. Envy comes. We have a real adversary. The devil, he hates you. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up filling them with earth. That's sabotage. Doesn't that sound a little bit like what's just happened? 
His income has stopped. This guy has just planted crops. He's reaped. He's now farming crops, but he has no water. It's a famine. There's no water from the sky. He needs his wells. What do these guys do? They're envious. They're nasty. They're vindictive. They fill his wells with soil. They, they, they cut off his livelihood. They wreck his farm. That's what they did. Cattle need to drink. Flocks need to drink. Crops need to be watered. Not only did that, Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. He gets kicked out of Gerar. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar where he settled. Okay. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. So what does he do? He maintains. He's just innovated, but he maintains. He goes back and he opens those wells. He doesn't settle for, hey, uh, okay, it's just he rebuilds what had been destroyed. He perseveres. Isaac reopened the wells. Okay. Isaac's servants, what did they do? They dug new wells. They dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named the well Essek, which means dispute. Because they disputed with him. There it is. Then they, what did they do? They dug another well. But they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna, which means opposition. He moved on from there. Friends, move on. He moved on from there and dug another well. And no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. The Lord has given us room. We will flourish in the land. That sounds like, I think, Psalm 16, verse 5. Listen to this. Psalm 16, 5. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Look up, lift your gaze. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. With him at your right hand, my friend, you will not be shaken. God watches over his word to fulfill it. But we, he can only fulfill his word. And if we don't obey his word, you see, Abraham was blessed because, what did it say? He obeyed my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. When we obey the commands, the decrees, and the instructions of God, we walk in the blessing of the word. God watches over his word to fulfill it. He is not a man that he should lie. He is looking to release the blessing of his instructions, his decrees, and his commands. Walk in them and be blessed. So Isaac obeys God. He stays in the land that God said to him, go and, go and live among the Philistines. I'm sure he didn't want to do that. And, and, and what, what does he do? God blesses him and says, I'm going to give this whole land to you. And then, and then uh, he plants crops, he innovates, and, and uh, they mess up his business, mess up his farms. And so he, he maintains the wells, he opens them up, and, and he digs more, and he digs more. And, and there's opposition that comes, and he doesn't get bitter. He just moves on. And he moves on 
to a spacious place. You know, the great thing about doors closing behind us is that we walk into a new future. There is no future in your past. And we get to move into the spacious places that God has got for us when we move out of our cramped spaces that we live in already. You, you see, he needed spacious places because God was blessing him abundantly. And in the midst of famine, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of uh, racial tension, God blessed him. And so what happens? From there he went to Beersheba. So he moved again. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. Because you're at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I will bless you and I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. For the sake of my servant Abraham. For the sake, for the sake. You know, God protects us for the sake of stuff, for the sake of your name. Look at Psalm 122 verse 9. Friends, I want to tell you this. God wants to bless you. He wants to make you rich and he wants to, in fact, make you very wealthy. Now, I know a lot of you guys and I'm allergic to the prosperity gospel that says, come to Jesus, he'll make you rich and famous. Name it, claim it, frame it. I, I hate that stuff. It's, it's rubbish. But God wants to bless you for the sake of a covenant with Abraham. Through you, all nations will be blessed. I will make you a blessing to all. You, you, you will be, you will be a, a blessing to all nations. How cool is that? You can't do that if you have no bucks. You can't do that if you're poor. You can't be a blessing to everybody. And listen to this. Psalm 122 verse 9. For the sake of your house. Not for the sake of luxury. Not for the sake of comfort. Not for the sake of an increased lifestyle. Not for the sake of fame or fortune. For the sake of your house, I will seek prosperity. I'm going to seek that God blesses me in every way because his kingdom depends on generosity. Wait, wait a minute. For the sake of your house, I will seek prosperity. See, that's Isaac. He doesn't seek prosperity for the sake of prosperity. He's walking in a covenant blessing. He's walking in the word of God. Now, how do we know that? Well, because even though his flocks and his herds and his crops increased, he still lived in a tent. He still lived in a tent, in a land he didn't own. Friends, he, remember he was a colonist. He, he, he had come, well, his father had come, Abraham had come to, to Israel and they'd occupied lands. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah, all of that story. And, and uh, uh, there were wicked people living there. There was the Philistines living there. And they had no regard for God. And uh, they, they, they served pagan gods and all sorts of weird stuff. And, and, uh, and Abraham and Isaac lived among them. They, they saw these things. And it grieved them. And, uh, and God blessed them in spite of their circumstances. Famine. Persecution, vandalism, destruction, 
even still, God blessed them for the sake of his name. Why? Because for the sake of my house, I will bless you. In other words, for the sake of your house, O Lord, I will seek prosperity. Not for greed. Not for those three great forces that rule the world. I think, I think greed and stupidity is the same thing anyway. But uh, if you pursue God, you will be persecuted. You will be sabotaged. There's truth in that. So what does he do? Isaac maintains his wealth. He digs new wells. And he doesn't stop to entertain the opposition. He just moves on and digs more wells. Well, stay with me. He's not finished digging wells. God appears to him, blesses him. Verse 25, what is his response? Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. What does he do? He builds an altar. He sacrifices to God. He is generous to God. He calls on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent. There we go. He didn't build a house. He didn't build a mansion. He pitched his tent. And there his servants dug a well. They keep digging. Just keep digging, digging, digging. No, wait, wait. Hold on. The wrong song. Let's just keep swimming. That's Nemo. But Nemo needs water. So dig so that there may be water that Nemo can swim. Anyway, I digress. A friend of mine. Bruce Chalmers, you might know him. He, he, he taught me this poem. Uh, I dig, you dig, we dig. This poem doesn't rhyme, but it is deep. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Meanwhile, verse 26, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, his personal advisor and Pakol, the commander of his forces. Isaac asked them, Why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We, listen to this, and this is where it goes. We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, There ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you, let us make a treaty with you that you will do us no harm, just as we did not harm you, but always treated you well and sent you away peacefully. And now you are blessed by the Lord. Is that true? No, it's a lie. These guys filled up his wells. These guys sabotaged his business. These guys burned his farms. They stopped up the water. These guys did everything. They chased him away. They didn't send him peacefully. They argued over the water. They disputed. There was opposition. One of the wells called opposition. The other wells called dispute. And, and, then, and they just kept nagging him. No, they weren't telling the truth. But what does Jacob do? I mean, Isaac. What, is, what does Isaac do? He, he does what Jesus would do. What does he do? Bible says, Isaac made a feast for them. And they ate and drank. Jesus says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Love your enemies and pray for them. 
so doing, you pour burning coals on their head. You kind of, not fighting fire with fire, but fire with you just dousing the rage in them. By having the opposite spirit, how do we respond in a time of turmoil? We respond with peace. How do we respond with for hatred? We respond in love. How do we respond with venom? Well, guys, you know what? God pleads your case. We don't, we don't stoop to somebody's level to smack them in the face. No, no, we're above that, man. We are f- we're children of the king. Okay. He made a feast for them. They ate and drank. Early the next morning, the men swore on oath to each other. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they went away peacefully. See, there was reconciliation. Even though they came with lies, the testimony of Isaac walking in the blessing of God just breaks people's hearts. You see, if you want to turn the world to Jesus, we have to have a testimony of God being faithful to his word and us being faithful to God. We don't have to plead our own case, my friends. We have an advocate, the high priest, who pleads on our behalf. We don't have to fight our battles. We have the captain of the host at our side. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a well they had dug. They said, we found water. We struck oil. We've hit gold. We found water. He called it Shibar. And to this day, the name of the town has been Beersheba, which means the well of the oath or the well of seven. Friends, they kept digging wells. While the peace treaty is happening, Isaac's people are digging wells. What happens? They struck water again. I want to say, my friends, that God has got a flow of his spirit, a flow of his blessing, a flow of his anointing, a flow of his prosperity, a flow of grace, a flow of healing, a flow of love that we tap into when we follow his principles and walk as Jesus did. I want to ask us, for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ, can we have an opposite spirit in a time of chaos and turmoil? Can we live in prosperity? Yes, we can. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, It is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth and thereby fulfills his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Who are our forefathers in scripture? Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. There was an oath sworn to these guys that God would give us the ability to produce wealth. And we live in the covenant of Abraham. Through him, all nations will be blessed. Jesus Christ has opened that covenant that we all become covenant children of Abraham through Christ. We walk in the covenant of the blessing of all nations. We're not Jews. We don't walk in the covenant of Jacob. We are Christians. We walk in the covenant that through Abraham, through his seed, Jesus, all nations will be blessed. 
My friend, there is therefore no black, no white, no slave, nor free, no Jew, nor Gentile. We are all one in Christ. In fact, Foresight is represented around the world. It's people in all sorts of different countries. But listen to this. There are people in Johannesburg who attend this church that are from other nations. I, I was born in Zimbabwe, but there are Zimbabweans, there's Malawians, there are um, uh, English, there are Afrikaans people, there are, are uh, vendors and cosas. They don't come from here. Nobody comes from Joburg. Joburg didn't exist, right? Everybody who lives in Joburg came from somewhere. The Tswanas came from up northwest. The Sutus came from Lesotho. There's Zulus in our church. There are people from all nations. Why? Because our kingdom is the kingdom that can never be shaken. For the sake of your house, O God, I will seek your prosperity. Why? Because there's a testimony that comes when God's people work together, love each other as a family, get on well and walk in the blessing and the overflow and the provision and the prosperity of Jesus Christ. He paid for it on the cross. Do not take the grace of God in vain. I want to pray for us. Stand where you are. Celebrate with me. Jesus, thank you that you have promised us that you would bless us and prosper us in all good things. You'll prosper us in health. You'll prosper us in wealth. You'll prosper us in our soul. And your word says, may it prosper with you even as it does with your soul. So Father, may it go with us well that we can sing, it is well with my soul. And in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the storms, Jesus, it is well with my soul. Father, bless us that we may be a blessing to the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, God bless you. Continue to be generous in a time of holding back. Continue to step out in faith in a time of, cons uh, of, of fear. Faith is the antidote to fear. Albert Einstein said this. He said, there's no vaccine for stupidity. But let me tell you this. There is a vaccine for greed. There is a vaccine for fear. That is faith. Keep pushing the boundaries. Love you guys. It is a privilege to do kingdom with you. See you soon.